The following audio is from First Baptist Church of Conyers. More information about First Baptist Conyers is available at firstconyers.com. You will turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 15. It will be there here shortly. I do want to thank the pastor and the church for allowing us to take over. These students have been such a blessing and uh, they just did such a wonderful job. It's, uh, it's been a blessing to see them serve. It's a blessing to see what God is doing, baptizing and saving and uh, just all the work that God is doing in this church. I'm grateful for everyone here. You guys have done a great and wonderful work in the life of these young people. And so I'm internally grateful for you as a church. Grateful for Sean and for all our small group leaders and just uh, everyone who is just pouring into these young people. And it's truly evident uh, just to see them around serving and playing music and, uh, and just doing so many wonderful things. And so it's just a blessing uh, to be able to see what the Lord is doing in their lives. And so I'm just so grateful. We're going to be in Genesis chapter 15, uh, and we are going to do hardest thing ever, which is go through the whole chapter. So bear with me. I'm going to try to make this 30 minutes for our, our timekeepers. Please bear with me. <laughs> We're going to get through this, though. Oftentimes in our lives, we can forget that God's promises are true. We are bombarded by so many different things in our lives, and uh, there's so much information going to us. Oftentimes, we just don't know which way is up and which way is down. You know, we have so much information that we can be desensitized to what is the truth. Church, we need to hold on to the understanding that God's promises are true. It is good to know that we are not alone in our failings in this area, but as we're going to look at uh, through Genesis chapter 15, uh, Abraham too needed God to remind him that God's promises are true. If you guys remember, Pastor has been going through uh, Genesis for some time now, but if you guys remember uh, Genesis 13, God told Abraham, starting in verse 14, to lift up your eyes and look from this place where you are, northward and southward and eastward and westward, for all the land that you see I will give to you and to your offspring forever. God goes on to say, I will make your offspring as the dust of the earth, so that if you can count the dust of the earth, your offspring also can be counted. God makes this promise to Abram uh, that God would give him this vast land to him and his offspring that would be a possession for them uh, forever. This is just an awesome promise that God has given to Abraham. But if you guys remember uh, that we see when we pick up in chapter 14, Abram has to go to war with some kings. And he has to go out and rescue Lot. Abram here proved himself to be a brilliant military commander uh, because he was victorious over these kings. But when we pick back up in Genesis 15 where we see that Abram is starting to doubt the promises of God. Abram is an old man. And as we're going to see, Abram's heir was a servant of Abram's. And so Abram starts to question God as to, God, you said that I'm going to have this vast possession. I'm going to have, uh, you know, children that number the sand, but I'm an old man 
and I don't have any children of my own. It can be real easy to forget the promises of God. Even when God is being victorious in our lives and everything is going so well, uh, it is so easy for us to start to doubt God. Oftentimes life happens or our emotions get in the way and we forget what God has proclaimed to us. This is why I don't want us to think that what's going on here with Abraham, this conversation that Abraham is having with God, uh, is necessarily a bad thing. You know, oftentimes we need these reminders uh, and we need to have these conversations with God uh, in order for God to get us right. God needs to help us in our unbelief. So that we can maintain the resolve that God has given us, that his promises are true. I want to take some time this morning to walk through Genesis 15. And as we walk through this wonderful section of scripture, I want us to see three points. And so normally I try to put the points on the back end, you know, when I go through a long section of scripture. But we're going to take this in chunks. Uh, And so we're going to uh, have a few observations that I want to uh, leave with the students. Uh, Over the past month or so, uh, I've been endeavoring to just encourage our students. We're going to lose some here very soon. It can be a sad thing, but it also, it can be a blessing. It's sad because they're leaving us, but it's a blessing because you as a church, you guys have poured into these young people. And I know when they leave home and they go off to college or the military or wherever, uh, God is leading them that God will forever be with them. Uh, And so as we go through this, I just want to give some encouragement to our leaving seniors and also an encouragement to the rest of the students. And also, uh, I think all of us, young and old, can glean a little bit from this section of scripture. Uh, And so let's read Genesis chapter 15. I'm going to run through this real quick, and then we'll see what the Lord has to say for us. Uh, Starting in Genesis chapter 15, verses 1 through the whole chapter 21. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Fear not, Abram, I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. But Abram said, O Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, you have given me no offspring, and a member of my household will be my heir. And behold, behold, the word of the Lord came to him, This man shall not be your heir, your very own son shall be your heir. And he brought him outside, and he said, Look toward heaven, and number the stars if you are able to number them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be, and he believed the Lord, and he counted to him as righteousness. And he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out from Ur of the Chaldeans and give you the land to possess. But he said, O Lord God, how am I to know that I shall possess it? And he said to him, bring me a heifer three years old and a female goat three years old, a ram three years old, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. And he brought him all of these, cut them in half, and laid each half over against the other. But he did not cut the birds in half. And when the birds of prey came down on the carcasses, Abram drove them away. As the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell on Abram, and behold, a dreadful and great darkness fell upon him. Then the Lord said to Abram, Know know that certain your offspring shall be sojourners in a land that is not theirs." 
and will be servants there, and they will be afflicted for 400 years. But I will bring judgment on the nation that they serve, and afterward they shall come out with great possessions. As for yourself, you shall go to your fathers in peace. You shall be buried in a good old age, and they shall come back here in the fourth generation, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. When the sun had gone down and it was dark, behold, a smoking fire pot and a flaming torch passed between these pieces. On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying to your offspring, I will give the land from the river of Egypt to the great river, to the river Euphrates, the land of the Kenites, the Kenizzites, the Cadmonites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Rephim, the Amorites, the Canaanites, and the Girgashites, and the Jebusites. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we need your help this morning. I know we are afflicted by so many different things in this world. There are so many stressors and uh, so many things to worry about, but we need your help in trusting you. Oftentimes we can endeavor to do so many things by ourselves, uh, but it's so important for us to not try to endeavor to uh, mold things and to control things on our own, but uh, we need to trust in what you are doing in our lives. And so we just ask that uh, you help us, dear Lord that we help us to focus on you and you alone, that we trust in you with our lives, that we trust in you with our families, that we trust in you with our vocations uh, and just the various things that go on in our lives, that uh, through all the circumstances that might befall us, that we continue to trust in you. We're thankful for you because you are a good, good God. You have blessed us in a number of ways. Uh, and so we ask that you just help us to rely on you and your word. We're just grateful for the student takeover. We're just grateful for the work that you are doing uh, in the lives of these students. And we just ask that uh, you just watch over them, that you bless them, that you lead them, guide them, direct them. Uh, and then you will keep your strong and mighty hand upon them as they uh, continue on in their lives. We thank you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, just three brief points, and then I am going to... Uh, usher in the, the seniors, and uh, I will sit down. And so the first point I want us to look at is to trust him, to trust him. I'm going to tell you, if God's promises are true, then we need to trust God. Genesis 15 starts off by telling us that the Lord came to Abram in a vision. God tells Abram to fear not, for I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. And Abram, he responds to God in verse 2, asking God, what reward, God? He says, I am childless, and my heir is my servant. Uh, and so what reward are you talking about? Abraham, uh, Abram, he, he, you can feel that the frustration uh, that is coming through here uh, in, in, in the writings that we have. And so uh, and, and it, it's, it's, it's impossible to miss this frustration because when you think about it, Abram is old, Sarah is old, and God is telling them that you are going to have these heirs, these multitude of heirs that are going to be as vast as the sand. Abraham hadn't forgotten what God had said to him in Genesis 12 and 13. However, it appears that Abram's lack of an heir has brought this frustration into his heart and into his mind. Uh, because if you guys remember through Scripture uh, during this time, uh, it was really seen as a form of judgment against a family to not have children. 
You know, but, but God is telling Abram to trust me. Trust me. Not much is known about Eleazar, but uh, Eleazar is, is, is mentioned by Abram to be Abram's heir. Uh, and so Eleazar, uh, this is probably uh, Abram taking matters into his own hand. As God is saying, you're going to have these, uh, these multitude of nations come out from him. And so he probably takes his servant, Eleazar, and makes him his adopted son. And so we don't know much about here, but uh, in, in Abram's frustration, uh, he goes to God in this accusatory manner, uh, and he asks God, what will you give me? And notice God's response here to Abram. God says that Eleazar will not be your heir, but your heir will be your own offspring. God recounts the original promise that he had given to Abram, uh, taking him outside. And God tells Abram, he says, look to the heavens. He says, look to the heavens and, and can you see the stars? He said, count them if you can. He said, if you can count them, that will be the number of your offspring. I love being out in this area because at night, uh, you can take a look at, uh, if you haven't done this, I would encourage you uh, to some of us, because we can get a little young and go outside and lay down in the grass and, and look up at the stars and try to count how many stars are up there. Man, that's an impossible feat. Uh, but that's what God is challenging Abram to do here. Uh, he's saying, go look at the stars. Count them if you can. He said, that's going to be the number of your offspring. We know that's an impossible thing to do. Uh, and, and so this gives Abram an object lesson of how vast the number of offspring will come from him if he can count the number of stars. And we pick up here in verse 6. And it says, Abram, he believed the Lord and he counted to him as righteousness. This is a very familiar passage for many of us because this is the go-to passage a lot of times when we talk about justification by faith alone. Let me tell you how important it is that we understand this justification by faith. You know, we, we have this works mentality, many of us do, uh, and so oftentimes we try to get things done. Uh, this is not just a man failing, but uh, a lot of us struggle, struggle with this. Uh, and so God wants Abram to understand, and God wants you and I to understand how important it is for us to believe in God and God alone. We are justified, we are made righteous by faith, not by works. Uh, God is, yeah, he wants to prevent us from being able to boast in our own effort, you know, and so God wants us to focus fully and totally upon him. And so uh, the Bible tells us here that Abram, he heard what God had to say, uh, and he believed, uh, just as we need to believe, we had baptisms this morning, uh, and one of the things that I, I like for people to understand is that baptism does not save you. You know, the, the work of dunking somebody in the water uh, is not what brings salvation to our lives, but the thing that brings salvation to our lives is our belief in Jesus Christ. You know, justification, righteousness was the same during Abram's day as it is today. The only thing is that we are entering into a fuller covenant because of Jesus Christ. 
And so when we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, when we believe in Jesus Christ that he died, uh, that he was buried, that he rose again on the third day, and that he's ascended into heaven to be with God the Father, when we believe in that, uh, that, it, that, his, that his death, burial, and resurrection was there to erase our sins. When we believe in that, we have righteousness. God has counted that to us as righteousness. You know, and so Abram here, he has to, uh, he, he doesn't know anything about the Messiah that's coming, but he, his, his sole focus here is believing in the Word of God. And that's what you and I have to do this morning. We need to believe in God and God alone. We put our faith in God when we understand that God's promises are true, the promises that we're talking about this morning uh, are, are, this is Abram here, but I don't want us to miss Jesus Christ. You know, when we talk about Scripture, Scripture in the Old Testament is so important because it is pointing us to Christ. You know, the New Testament is pointing us back to the cross uh, but, but Genesis here uh, is pointing us to the coming Messiah. And so God has this, this covenant that we're going to learn about here that he's making with Abram. But we have an everlasting covenant that we're going to get from Jesus Christ. And so we may be in the Old Testament, but there's so much for you and I to be able to glean from this section of Scripture. God is encouraging Abram here to trust God. God is encouraging us here this morning to trust God. Because let me tell you, we are going to go through difficult times. Abram just got done fighting a war. Many of us, we're going to go through uh, hardships and trials. Uh, I love uh, David here in uh, Psalm chapter 7, verse 10. Uh, he says, my shield is with God who saves the upright in the heart. We need to trust God because not only is God our creator, but God is also our sustainer. God didn't just make us and put us on this planet just to exist, but God is here to intercede for you and I. God is our protector. He's our shield. But God isn't just our protector. Scripture also tells us that God is our salvation. Isaiah chapter 12, verse 2 says, Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and I will not be afraid for the Lord God is my strength and my song and he has become my salvation. We trust God because he is our salvation. But may we not forget that justification is by faith alone and not by works. Romans chapter 4, verse 5 reminds us of a popular verse you guys probably remember. Uh, and to the one who does not work but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted to him as righteousness. Let me tell you, if we believe in the word of God, if we believe that God's word is true, if we believe that God's promises are true, let me tell you, we need to trust him. Secondly, we need to serve him. We need to serve him. If God's promises are true, then we should faithfully and joyfully serve him. We see here in verse 8, he says, But he said, O Lord God, how am I to know that I shall possess it? And he said to him, Bring me a heifer three years old, a female goat three years old, and a ram three years old, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. And he brought them all these, cut them in half, and laid each half over against the other. But he did not cut the birds in half, and when the birds of prey came down on the carcasses, Abram drove them away. 
This is an elaborate sacrifice here. We don't know much about what is going on in this sacrifice. As you guys know, with covenants, sacrifices were normative. There was always death. There was always blood. Uh, and, and so we have this cutting that is going on that Abraham is, or Abram is commanded to cut these animals in half, save the birds. Uh, and so Abram, he, he, he's serving God by cutting these animals up. And so uh, he places them, this, this, is, this is just a different type of sacrifice because he places them half on top. And so there's this pass or river that goes through the two sacrifices. So you have one sacrifice on one side and one sacrifice, half a sacrifice on the other, uh, and they're stacked on top of each other. And then there's this thoroughfare uh, through. And so after Abram had finished the sacrifices and preparing the sacrifice, uh, we can imagine there's something missing. Normally when there's a sacrifice, there's a fire missing. And so we're going to get to that here in a little bit, uh, but there's something missing. And so Abram here is waiting. And as Abram is waiting, it says, the Bible says, the birds of prey started coming down and attacking the carcasses. And so Abram, he gets up and he goes around and he starts shooing away the birds, driving them off. This is imagery, guys. This is imagery. God is trying to tell us that uh, we're going to have these. Uh, he's saying that the sacrifices of the nation of Israel uh, and these birds of prey, these are uh, the affliction that is going to come that we're going to learn more here in the next section. Uh, and so Abram here is serving the nation of Israel here by driving away these birds of prey. Abram felt compelled to serve the Lord by protecting God's people. Likewise, each and every one of us, we should have a desire. If we're in Christ, we should have a desire to serve the Lord. Psalm 102, it encourages us to serve the Lord with gladness. God doesn't want us to serve the Lord begrudgingly or out of compulsion, uh, but God wants us to have a desire to serve him. God, uh, we should want a desire to serve God. We should have a desire to serve God, and we have to delight in being able to serve God. While we were on our senior trip a couple weeks ago or a few weeks ago, uh, I was encouraging the seniors uh, about leadership. And I, my prayer is that God might use uh, some of these guys to be leaders. They've got some going to college and some going to the military and, and some working some great jobs. And so uh, one of the, you know, as these guys go and grow and uh, as, they're, as God is, is working in their lives, many of these guys are probably going to be called to lead. But I want us to understand that we can't be a good leader if we're not first a good servant. You know, it, it's hard for us to lead if we cannot first serve. And so it should be indicative of, of us as Christians that we should have a desire to serve. We want to be under people. Uh, we should be discipling one another to serve. That's why I love doing things like student takeover, because it gives us an opportunity for these young people to go be able to serve. And it gives some of you guys an opportunity to disciple these guys in service. And so may we not shy away from service. You know, but let me tell you, service doesn't just end here in the church. You know, we should have a desire to leave here. We, we, we come here to the church to serve and to learn how to serve, uh, but we also need to go out into the community. We need to go out into our jobs. We need to go out into our schools. Uh, we need to go out into our families uh, and still endeavor to joyfully serve the Lord. 1 Peter chapter 4 goes on to tell us in verse 11, whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, 
whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. I know it's not a current fad that we are to give somebody credit. That's a hard thing to do. But let me tell you, God doesn't want us to rob him of his glory. You know, uh, we, we are to serve God joyfully. Uh, we are to delight in serving God, uh, but we don't want to take the credit from God because every good thing that happens to you and I in our lives is because of God and God alone. You know, and so as we go out and we serve God, we want to be careful that we're giving God the glory. If God's promises are true, beloved, please, we need to serve him. And lastly, if God's promises are true, we need to obey him. We need to obey him. As the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell on Abram. And behold, a dreadful and great darkness fell upon him. Then the Lord said to Abram, Know for certain that your offspring will be sojourners in a land that is not theirs, and will be servants there, and will be afflicted for 400 years. But I will bring judgment on the nation that they serve, and afterward they shall come out with great possessions. As for yourself, you shall go to your fathers in peace. You shall be buried in a good old age. And they shall come back here in the fourth generation, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. If God's promises are true, we should obey him. Abram here was given a glimpse of what the, his offspring would endure. Scripture tells us that there was this great and dreadful sleep that fell on Abram. And God tells him for certain that your offspring will be sojourners in a land that is not yours and that they would be afflicted. You guys remember what, where, where God is talking about? Who remembers what God is talking about? He's talking about Egypt. Yeah. And God is giving him a glimpse of what the affliction that his children will endure at the hand of Pharaoh and the Egyptians. But he says, your children, they're going to be afflicted for 400 years. But you, Abram, you will go to your fathers in peace. You shall be buried in a good old age. This is amazing to me because the rest of Scripture tells us about Abram and his life and, and what happened to his offspring. But the amazing thing for me is, in spite of the, the tragic of, of what God is trying to explain to Abram, Abram still obeys God. Abram is still faithful to what God has called him to. Uh, and, and that can be a hard thing for many of us because uh, if we are being told these tragic things that are going to happen in our lives, man, that's hard for us to obey God through all that. Let me tell you, it's so easy to trust God, uh, to serve, and to obey God when God says everything is going to be peachy in your life. But let me tell you, God is going to call some of us to death. God is going to call some of us to cancer. God is going to call some of us to divorce. So God is going to call some of us to uh, any number of hardships that are going to happen in our lives. But the thing that God wants us to do is to obey him no matter what the hardships are in our lives. 
God is telling Abram of this affliction that is going to befall his children. Uh, but despite that affliction, Abraham still trusts God because he understands that God's words are true. And he tells Abram, as for yourself, you shall go to your fathers in peace. You shall be buried in a good old age. And they shall come back in the fourth generation for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. Then he goes on in verse 17, when the sun had gone down and it was dark, behold, a smoke, smoking fire pot and a flaming torch passed between these pieces. On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram saying to your offspring, I give this land from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates, the land of the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Rephim, the Amorites, the Canaanites, and the Girdashites, and the Jebusites. This is a stark you know, section here because sun starts going down and it's dark. They didn't have lights like we have here today. But it's dark outside and all of a sudden you can't see anything, I'm sure. But all of a sudden we have this fire pot that appears. And this fire pot starts going through the sacrifices, through that river of the sacrifices, kind of in the middle of the two halves. And this is a difficult section of Scripture uh, to, 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 to grasp and to wrap our mind around. Uh, but uh, I, I believe that that fire pot is the Lord. Uh, and, and what's happening is God is showing his magnificence. God is showing his glory as it goes through God's people. I mean, it's dark outside. And you guys know, you know, if you're in something dark and all of a sudden the lights go on, or, or, or a match starts to light up, your eyes automatically go to that. And this imagery here just helps us understand uh, that our focus should be on God and God alone. That's what he's telling Abram here is that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm majestic, I'm mighty, I'm glorious, focus on me. Don't worry about what's going on in the world around us. We need, I want you to focus on me and me alone. God could not swear or make a covenant by anything other than himself. Uh, and so God is putting himself on display for Abram and for these symbolic people to see. God wants Abram to understand how great and mighty he really is. We will close here, but let me tell you, it's important for us to keep our focus on God. You know, there, there's a lot of noise that is going on around us, but God wants us to keep our focus on him. He wants us to tune out the friends who are leading us the wrong way. You know, God wants us to tune out the movies uh, and the radio and the things that are trying to lead us astray because God is trying to lead us to glory. You know, the people in this world who are, who are trying to bring us down, they're trying to lead us to destruction, uh, but God is trying to lead us home to be with him. Paul says in Romans 1.5, through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of his name among all the nations. Because of God's grace and because of his mercy, in our sake, the name above all nations, uh, the, you know, because of God's grace and because of his mercy, uh, our response should be faith and obedience to him. God, because of his great love for us, he made us alive in Jesus Christ. And one of the greatest ways that you and I can acknowledge God's gift of salvation in our lives is through our obedience. 
If you believe that God's promises are true, trust him. You know, if you believe that God's promises are true, serve him. And if you believe that God's promises are true, obey him. May we pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you. You have done such a great and wonderful work in many of our lives, and uh, I, I'm so thankful for everything that you have done uh, in me, and we just ask that uh, you just watch over our young people again, dear Lord. I get so excited when I see uh, our, our young elementary kids uh, just running off to hear the stories about you, and so we just ask that all of us would have that joy, all of us would experience that excitement uh, and that desire to delight in you. And so we ask that you just watch over our students, dear Lord. Keep your hands on our seniors as they are going their various ways, that you will use them, dear Lord, but that they will seek to glorify you in all things. We thank you for this church. We thank you for this great reminder of trusting in your promises. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for listening to audio from First Baptist Church of Conyers located in Conyers, Georgia. For more information about First Baptist Conyers, please visit us online at firstconyers.com.